all I say is until the ink is dry, you don't know whether it was a down round or not. Welcome, Supers, back to another Shark Tank Tank Tales interview that I am so honored to have on the Super Show Pardo Show. We have the one and only mastermind behind the Black Sands Entertainment. I need you to give some super claps wherever you are right now. Toilet, bus, at work, at church, wherever you're listening to this right now. Give some super claps for Super Manuel Godoy. Woo! Welcome, Manuel. You, How are you. you? Appreciate it, man. I'm doing good. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad to hear that. First off, huge round of congratulations for being able to uh, b- make it on Shark Tank and get a deal uh, with with two amazing sharks. That is not uh, an easy feat. Very very few have done that. I feel it, man. It was definitely a, a challenge, right? <laughs> well, hey, we don't do this stuff because it's easy, right? We do it because it's because it is hard. It's this is not a. This is like going to the moon, right? We we don't choose to do it because it's because it's the easy thing to do uh, after lunch. It's pre Shark Tank. Were you a Shark Tank fan? Did you? Oh yeah, watch I, Shark I Tank? watched every single season of Shark Tank. So, so I already knew. Uh, you know, my my secret was, uh, you know, prior to the actual you know taping of the show, right? I had in my head to say, man, if I could just talk to Mister Wonderful just once. Right. That was like my favorite shark. You know, I was like, man, if I could just talk to him. Right. He said, I'd be able to kill it, man, because I got numbers and he loves numbers. And I was like, I was going crazy about that. So, yeah, I've been a long time fan of Shark Tank forever. So I was I was mentally prepared for my moment if I ever had one. Oh, I love I love that. And yeah, being able to to watch, uh, you know, as many episodes of Shark Tank. I mean, a lot of times the interview with the entrepreneurs I've gotten to meet from the sh- you know that have been on the show. They they um didn't watch a whole lot of Star Trek necessarily. Like it was like, oh, it's a thing, they watch it, but but then they got called up, you know, called up and said, Hey, like, would you like to be on the show? And then all of a sudden they start binge watching the heck out of the show to like get caught up on, you know, twelve years of, of Shark Tank. It was my destiny. So I was watching it every religiously. Like all the time. Reruns everything, man. So do you do you have a favorite pitch that stands out in your mind or a favorite moment that that you know stands out? Hmm. I don't know. I like when everybody goes out and then they come back. One person comes back in because of the feels. It's like it's like it's like, like they left early. They left like right away or something. And they'd be like, you know, the longer I've listened to this, everybody's out. They're like, no, I've listened to this. I just, you know what? I'm just going to give you a chance. I don't think this business, I don't know if this business is ever going to grow. Right. Is it, but you just have the the heart and then they give like a really, really, really like not so sharky, like ask. Right. Uh, and, and then the other person counters and they lose. So <laughs> it's like, you, already got a, you already got a pity investment. Then you try to argue with them. You know, it was like, it was like, it was like, y'all just, you never mind. You good. Go on, go on, go on outside. <laughs> she did that with the um the elf, uh, elf on, the real elf on the shelf. Uh, just just a couple, you know, handful of weeks ago, you know, going out and then just happens being like, you know what, I'm coming in. Happens once a season, you know. It is, it is, you know, and I think that speaks um to the power of the fact that like, and not I mean, not everybody knows this, but like the fact that you're there for more than ten minutes, you know, it's edited down. Minutes. 
way more than 10 minutes. It might look like it, but you're there, you're there a lot longer than 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and that, and that's a lot of, a, a lot of questions, a lot of back and forth, a lot of time for people to like hear those things. And, you know, I, I think one of some of my favorite, mo- um, kind of like, like head, head, like, uh, forehead slap moments are the ones where they're like, Oh yeah, we have a PO for like $2 million. And it's like, bro, you've been here for like 30 minutes and that you're just bringing this up now. And like half the people are already out. Like, what are you doing? That should have been like a number one. Not the icing on the cake. That's like, come get, come on, let's go. You know, chum in the water. Actually, now that I think about it, you know, that was our strategy, right? Because when you, you know, you're obviously a, a super fan of Shark Tank, right? So, so how many pitches do you really see, like, where the in the pitch, they give you a really, really strong metric that kind of sets the tone for whether this business is viable or not before the pitch is even over, right? It's like, it's like before the questions even begin, you already know because when we did it, I made sure that we had said we after a hundred thousand copies sold, we knew a legend had been born, right? It's like it's like, you know, they, they even said something in the middle of our pitch when we said that, you know. You get the obligatory Robert. Wow, <laughs> you know the five hundred <laughs> yeah. five well five hundred thousand for for five percent. Wow, <laughs> like on, on, like religiously with him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, and I think, I think that's, um, and that's a better from an entrepreneur standpoint, that's a way better way to look at it than say, did you know that like 8 billion people drink water? Did you I know the market, that. the market for water is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They hate it too. They hate it when people tell you about the, the addressable market. It's like, who cares if it's addressable? Right. It's like nobody addresses it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, the only time I could see that making sense is if it's like hyper niched, you know, like and it's maybe something that you don't necessarily think of that would be like a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's very, yeah, very... there's like nobody in that space already. Right. Like, and there's like, nobody there yep. wide open. Then you're like, oh, OK, this is the potential because nobody's already competing with you. You know, yeah. well, I think they're tired of hearing the, well, if we just get 2% of like the $8 billion, the 8 billion uh, water drinkers on the planet, <laughs> you know, we'll be quadrillionaires. I mean, you know, um, uh, Scrooge McDuck kind of money, you know? So, so, uh, so um, were, were you, did you apply to like, did you apply to be on Shark Tank or they've reached out to you to, to be on Shark Tank? I've applied for years, never got in. Um, they just wow. randomly called me. So, and you know what? I'm gonna. That's a that's a bell ding because that just goes to show you can't you don't give up. You keep moving forward, and you don't put all your eggs in one basket. Because like you could have been like, well, I guess Shark Tank doesn't think I'm good enough. Maybe I'm not good enough, even though I have these sales and things. You know, kind of trend in a in a direction that your mindset takes you rather than the actual business takes yeah, you. The actual numbers, right? <laughs> yeah. You're doing great. Say, yeah, but nobody likes me. Huh? But I didn't get on TV. I didn't get Shark Tank. I didn't get the big fit, you know, the quote unquote big fish, you know. Um, so okay, so that's awesome. So so you you get you you know you get picked and that's awesome. And now what? Like how how did you go about formulating your your plan for the pitch and how you were going to to make this uh you know not f- potentially flounder because pitches yeah. you know can well, literally make or break the deal. Well, um, I literally drilled my team to death, right? So Turnus, 
he's there. He's an animation director, but they're a little long-winded, right? So, so he likes explaining things very, like, like very detailed. And I'm like, bro, we got like, like they're going to edit the heck out of us. We can't have 15-minute answers, right? It's like, we got to be quick, right? So so he, I, I worked on him on his speed and his energy because he's more of a calm dude. So I was like, nah, man, you got you got to throw some shade in there or something. And then uh, with my wife, I had to just constantly drill her randomly on the numbers, like, because she's like the logistics person. So I was going to make sure that she answered all logistical questions, right? That way that I didn't like hog the, the, the stage, right? It's like three of us and I'm answering 90% of the questions. That's not a good look in general, right? Especially so, once you go through editing, because they'll make it, they'll make it look like you just, nobody else talked. Yeah. So, so I was like, make sure that all the logistical questions she answered and like, we'll be like randomly in like traffic or something. And I'll be like, so Giselle, uh, how much did it cost to make? How much you selling for? Right. <laughs> and, she, and if she don't answer within like 10 seconds, right. I'll be like, you need to practice more, you know? And, and so, you know, on the spot, on the spot, randomly in locations, maybe when you're irritated, maybe at a restaurant, it don't matter. The bottom line is, you got to be ready to answer these questions and don't get flustered when things are going on, right? Because, you know, the sharks can sometimes get really, you know, sharkish and start, you know, cutting each other off, yelling, you know, doing whatever and not liking your answer while everybody else loves your answer, but you focus on the person who hated it, right? So, 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 so you know, you just need practice, right? A lot of practice. Even, you know, even more so in, in the last two seasons where the sharks are far, far apart from each other and you're far away from them. I know uh, some of the interviews that I talked to from last season, it, you know, it came up that like the sharks didn't have any way of communicating to the people on the floor, but the, but the person on the floor had speakers behind the sharks. So sharks can totally hear what you're saying. You might not hear what they're saying, you know, because you're further apart. They're further apart, and then they're like you said, it's like a uh, like a traffic jam, <laughs> traffic jam of conversation and questioning going on, like you know, with between each other, cutting each other off, and and uh, wanting their question answered. And uh, I, I with the um, the, I'll tell you the, one thing though. Okay, uh, one thing I would like to say is that editing in Shark Tank is very interesting. No, I can't say okay. what I'm not going to say what they edited and what they didn't edit out of their thing. I'm just simply saying that what they want to message is the most important part of the editing process. Because if you do research on us, are we an animation studio, Black Sands? It's like it's like we sold hundreds of thousands of books. We have like 45 titles. You know, it's like it's like we have a whole web distribution app for things are we at are, like but they said animation studio black sands all right so, so they want everything to be about that so whatever was cut out whatever interest was in there for other things right it, it don't matter we're trying to focus on the animation idea and the fact that kevin hart loves this animation that's what they want to focus on so well it does help sell it later on down the road <laughs> you know oh, yeah, sure that's a great thing right from marketing perspective the show's like like it's literally impossible to not get a show and not just get a show, but get a show in very favorable terms. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like a 360 deal where I got the show, but I get twenty thousand dollars or something like that. Right? It's like it's like it's about to be very favorable. Well, I always say in especially in these interviews and but even in the the reaction videos that 
uh, to me, those those editors that they have there and the producers there, like world class, because to find you know to take an hour, forty five minutes to up to like two. I've even heard up to two and a half hours on the floor, right? To take that time and then find the storyline, you know, to it's it's all about telling the story, right? So I mean, I've heard stories where it's like they um there was questions that came up about like competitors and things but like that doesn't make the floor because people are you know they're watching and then they're looking at their phone and they're watching and they're looking at their phone and they're not focused and then it, it, it confuses the story so it's all about telling a story and and if it doesn't tell help tell the story then it doesn't make the cut yeah so uh so okay so you 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 go through um how many months did you have to prepare like two, three months or like a couple weeks? It was a long time. Oh, wow. The vetting process was very long. So that, that, I'm not going to go into detail. Yeah, you don't have to go into that. that. But it was a very long process. I would say it takes a year. That's right? that's what I've heard, you know, from, and, and, and a ton of paperwork. It is not, it is not a, uh, like, here, just sign on the dotted line and, we're you know, we're yeah. going to let you on in. <laughs> um, I am still under control, right? Right to this very day after the show, I'm still... I'm still under the, the watchful eye of ABC. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, so you're, so you, you, you go, you're walking down, you're walking down the aisle, the, the walking down the hallway. How are you feeling? You, you feeling nervous? You feeling confident? You feel like you've prepared enough you've made the right, you know, uh, decisions as far as what numbers you're going to focus on I mean, you're. I know that. Look, if you watch the show enough, I know yeah. that you're probably o- over prepared, which can also be its own problems, as we've yeah. seen in some episodes as well. Well, uh, yeah, we were definitely over prepared, and we were, um, but we were confident. But at the same time, we were kind of thinking about the situation at hand. So we were the last group of the day, right? So mm. it had had to have at least been nine pitches before us. Oh. So. so so you can imagine how deep into the day it was, right? And so I kind of had that idea in the head. Like, I hope they're not tired, like just miserable by now, right? Like, because you never know. That might that could be a case. I've heard that. Uh, um, so, you know, I was a little nervous of that. But, you know, once I saw, you know, Kevin Hart at the edge of his seat, right, right, the pitch, yeah. right, I was like, I'm good. I'm good. We got this. I, I did. Po- I mean, I, I wanted to point that out more in the reaction video because it was very like evident. He, you know, he's like very much at the front of the seat. And then like by the time they go to you guys and then when they by the time they come back to him, he's like, like pointing, like sit laying back in the chair. And, and, and like because because obviously he's super excited. So, you know, when you lean forward, you're interested. And then he's like at back is his mind's probably racing of all the ideas that, you know, this could work for um for for him now i know that uh you know you don't get a whole lot of um ahead of a head notice of how much like what shark is going to be in what seat and, yeah. and all that which can make yeah. it very difficult were you when you found out that it was going to be kevin hart were you were you oh, happy I, excited I, I, was, I was done i knew for a fact you know if he's there and he cares about us at all right uh, that that Basically, I'll never have to argue again in Hollywood. It was like one of those moments where you feel like destiny has arrived, right? You know, uh, you know, it's just something that, you know, if you pull it off and you get him super excited, one of the top five actors in the world, according to demand and pay, 
right? And the fact that he is literally the number one comedian in the world with lots of businesses, right? You just know for a fact that if he's excited, you don't ever have to argue again with any executives, no matter where you go, right? Let's say you want to talk to Netflix. They're not going to argue with you on whether your stuff's viable or not, right? They're going to be like, well, Kevin Hart said it's dope. So how much do you want, right? And this gives us power to finally make something that has been basically like blocked for, from the industry for like 50 years, you know, cause you can look in the past, like, like historically, and you won't find a single Hollywood budget, right. Attributed to a story about African civilizations before slavery. Like just, you just won't find it. Like you can look it up. You can't find a single budget that's actually allocated to those hmm. kind of stories. And it's like, how could you not avoid it? Right, because you can find native stories all day. You can find, you know, they're not all not often, but every now and then they're gonna break out, yo, here's a native civilization, right? Whatever. But it's never happened for us. We only had one which was Shaka Zulu, and that was done by South Africans. So I don't really count that one, right? It's like they did it, right? <laughs> it's like so um, you know, I just feel like now we have an opportunity to finally break the mold, right? Because Black Panther was a Marvel film. As much as we want to call it a black culture film or whatever, it was a Marvel film, right? Like, mm. it was like so we got to think of that a little bit differently than if it was just a regular story about an African superhero with no Marvel entities, you probably wouldn't see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah, that definitely. Uh, I mean, we recently went through because I hadn't watched all the Marvel movies. Um, and we had watched Black Panther like right after it came out, like on you know out out of theaters. Um, and man, I'm trying to think. Was there was there was there was another superhero in that movie? Wasn't there? It wasn't. It wasn't just Black Panther. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not. I think about it. I'm not. I'm, I'm not too sure. I think it was a, a pretty much. Uh... It, maybe it was just him. Okay, because you know what? Because I'm getting it crossed with. Um, the yeah, one before Endgame. In that movie, he he really was, he was pretty solo in that one. You know? Compared to, yeah, because he was uh, in, in what's the one before Endgame? Um, oh, God. Um, and, and, and what's it called? They didn't expect him to be good. Like, they didn't expect Black Panther to do good at all. That's why in, um, in Avengers 2, right, and Avengers 1, right? Oh, actually, Black Panther came after Avengers in, 1. I think right? in Age of Ultron, he he made an appearance. No, no, he didn't. But in it wasn't Age, Age... I think after the Avengers, part one, right? No, 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 no. Looking no, like no. really bad nerds came... right now. Yeah, he, got... <laughs> he came in right before Avengers one, right? And because of that, he didn't have no lines in Avengers because they already filmed Avengers, right? Or like ninety five percent of it by the time Black Panther came out. Right. So when Black Panther did a billion dollars at the box office domestically, they were like, oh, crap, we got to give this guy more lines. And they're like, oh, we don't really have much room to make, give him more lines. So he had like three lines in the entire Avengers movie, even though he was a huge like pull. Right. So so and they were like, oh, well, nothing we could do about that now. But, you know, they didn't really believe in that, that Black Panther was going to do what it did, you know, like the executives themselves. They just didn't see it. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely um, is, you know, when when you don't have a, a precedent for something, 
like as you pointed out that the, anything pre pre-slavery didn't really exist so enjoy like the culture was not has not been shown right so if that's the case and you don't have a president pre, pre, i always say that word wrong president then it's, then it's then it's right so it's hard to it's hard to go and look at that it's i mean we see it in video game culture all the time right where it's like why do they keep making madden over and over and over again why do they keep making call of duty over and over and over? because it sells why you know it's like how do we get these indie games well you got to go to the indie developers and then you know they're good to great but they're not of the same budget level where it's like well yeah. if they if they had a hundred million dollars to spend on a game how much better could this 2d platformer be or 3d platformer be or this outside the box like <laughs> rts that's not really an rts like anno whatever that game's called uh it, you know is like uh, it's like a civilization type of game yeah um and, and and so i so like to a certain extent i get it but I think now, like, you know, to your point, like, look, you, you have Black Panther, did a, did a billion dollars at the box office domestically. And which nothing is, else. And just stop. Well, supposed to be a second one. I know, but COVID what, and, what, you know. Else? you know what happened when 300 came out and it only did, it did like half a, like a half a billion, so $500 million? They made like 14 freaking like, like Greek films in the next two years. They, they said, we're going to make so many of these. It's in, right? And then, then, yeah. like, Black Panther does a billion in the U.S., not internationally, not with China's help, but in the U.S. And they said, yeah, I don't know if there's a market for this. Let's just wait for the second one. <laughs> when we are still waiting for the second one, and uh, which, you know, I mean, it got more complicated now that Chadwick has, has left yeah. us, but um, – yeah that uh that is tough so i so i i you know i look at um you know i look at what you do and i look at the opportunity to bring those those stories to life right and bring um characters and culture and and i and i think there should be more of it like we like we kind of see it with disney right like uh you know you got moana like especially in the last 10 years right after Rapunzel basically we've we've seen more and more of these stories that are more worldly right and mm-hmm. and more culture based which is great and some of them do really really well some of them do better outside of the U.S. than inside the U.S. because and that's that's one of the things I think a lot of times people don't realize when it comes to distribution is like sometimes it, it will kill outside of the U.S. but in the U.S. it might not like um a good example is Coco Coco killed outside of the u.s but in the u.s it was just it just did okay right yeah, so it's oh the war I, I never the even watched that US. the terrible US killed it everywhere else you know so they called it a non-success because the u.s didn't didn't care for it <laughs> i mean i didn't watch it i i i'm not a huge world of warcraft fan i loved warcraft one and two as a kid but yeah. You know, I I never got into WoW. Uh, Warcraft three as well was was pretty good, um, but yeah. All right, so going going back to the, to the tank, right? Going back to the floor, um, <laughs> you're you're. It, it almost seemed like very lopsided in the sense that it was like it was the Kevin Hart show. At at that point, you know, he didn't want this one. So let's be honest here, right? We watched the entire episode, right? It wasn't the Kevin Hart show on all the other segments you know on the other segments he was a part of it but it wasn't him like leading the conversation or dominating the situation 
So this particular pitch, he felt some kind of way. Like he was not going to let anybody else get into this conversation. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things. Well, you got to understand this too, right? Um, From a producer's perspective, right? If you see something that's a freaking licensing and merchandising land, like gold mine, right? The last thing you're going to do is let people complicate the deal or get their opinion in, right? You know what's on the table, right? So you're trying to make sure that they don't have any distractions, right? That they're going to focus on whatever's happening and you close that deal. He knew what could possibly happen from this, right? Uh, so he's like, this one I can't let go. I can't let other people, you know, try to offer. Or even when, you know, what's the name said? You know, uh, when um, Kevin O'Leary, he was like, I, I want the 10% at a quarter, right? He's like, I'm not going to let this conversation happen. I'm telling you what I'm about to do, right? He was like, this isn't the hypothetical, right? <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, this is not the hypothetical success of your property. He's like, it's like <laughs> you know, like, like, like he was like making sure that I would not take that Kevin O'Leary deal. You know what I mean? So, so, you know. At the end of the day, man, that was a situation where in that particular moment, it was a one-on-one, right? And anybody that tried to interfere was going to get taken out because uh, this is funny, too, because they cut – I'm, I'm going to tell you, they might have cut it out. But he said um, when, when, when we were doing this, this is the only thing I'm going to say about the editing. He said, I make movies like 80 times. He's like, this is me. I make movies, right? <laughs> he said it like 15 times. And they, they did not let one of them into the show, which is weird, right? But, he, but, you, know, but you know, he was he was very adamant about the fact that this is what he does. And this is the only one that makes sense, you know? And, and so, yeah. In that particular moment, he wasn't going to let nobody interfere, period. I yeah no I, I I can appreciate that I'm curious though uh, with the Mr. Wonderful deal did they did like obviously you said Mr. Wonderful's your favorite uh, my favorite did it I well, mean, not, anymore. They touched the not anymore uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but um, go ahead your question no it's just it, like did it touch your touch the feels to like I'm getting an offer well the thing about it is I got. See, they kind of told on themselves. They said it themselves. When came back with the mer- commercial break, what did it say? All um, sharks are still in. Yes. They told on themselves. Yeah. Nope. What do you mean they told them? They told them well, told themselves. Like I said, editing was in there. Okay. And so, they said all sharks. All sharks are still in. Do they ever say that when nobody says anything? No. Well, like I said, it became the Kevin Hart show because he basically took the whole thing over. And I didn't mean the whole episode. I meant literally your pit, like your segment. I know. It, it, like, I don't, nothing else even stands. I mean, I honestly, I kind of forgot that Kevin O'Leary even gave you an offer. Uh, hold on. Let me check. Let me see here. Uh, where are you at? Uh, I see Kevin and Mark. Uh, it doesn't even look like I wrote down Kevin O'Leary's offer. Exactly. I mean, I got the book, the book right here with all the very, offers. It's very hard to, to to keep attention of anything else that was going on at the time, because it was he was really really you know they edited it that way on purpose, right? They wanted it to be a one on one fight between Black Sands and Kevin Kevin Hart, right? That's what they wanted, right? But they told on themselves. All sharks are still in. 
You know, they would never say that if nobody else offered anything. Yeah, not usually at the end. Oh, so you're saying that there was other offers, but the, yeah. I'm not okay. confirming or denying anything. Okay. What I'm saying is that's what they said on the television. And not for the 13 years that I've been watching this dang show, right? I've never seen them say that unless people said something, you know? So mm. that's all I'm saying. All right. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> well, I, you know, um, and, and again, that goes back to the storyline, right? They, the story, the, the, the end result starts the story, you know, starts the story for the whole, the whole thing. And that's where you, you, you do it. But, um, when you said that, like I make movies, uh, when you, the way you said movies reminded me of Kevin Hart, the way, the way he would say, like, I can see him saying extreme <laughs> emphasis, extreme emphasis. He was great. And, and he was, and I'll tell you right now, I was nervous as hell that I was dragging this out too long. Mm. Like we had argued for a while, for a while. Like we got offers very early, so so you know it's not like we were there. You know they didn't probe long once they realized that we just knew everything, right? The numbers were there. They were like, "Hey, all right, let's do this." But we were arguing for a very long time, and that's why you see my face like starting to get like nervous. I wasn't really nervous. I was look. I was thinking in my head, "This has gone on way too long. I'm about to fatigue them to death, right?" And and I'm gonna lose the deal straight up from that. They're like, why didn't you counter for this amount or whatever? We just we did, we did, we did all of that. It's like we can't have, but you know, but they got they got to get to the to the end. So, you know, they made their editing decisions, but it was a long time we were talking, right? And I didn't want this guy to be irritated to death, right? To the point where it's just, and it's off the table, right? Um, and, and at the end of the day, you know, um, the the logic behind it is this. I was going to have to give up 30% eventually sometime in the future. If I really wanted to get to making a show, if I really wanted to get to making billion dollars, I'm going to lose 30% somewhere down the line. And it probably won't be for a Kevin Hart of the world. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so in my, in my mind, right. Kevin Hart and Mark Cuban, right. I'm like, the logic behind it is right. Like, like a lot of um, non-savvy investors, right, or non-savvy people who don't understand it, would think that, oh man, he's going to take thirty percent of all the money you make from now on. You're screwed. And it's like that's not how equity works. They just own a piece of the exit. So if, unless they get a majority like share, right, they have literally no power over my company's decisions. No creative power. No nothing. And the only thing they have is what if I decide to exit for whatever reason, they're getting that 30%. You know what I'm saying? So so that's what they care about. And it's not that bad if you're not planning on exiting for a very long time, right? Uh, but but now you have people with resources that are worth tens of millions of dollars that they're just injecting into you to get you to the next stage. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you know, a lot of people might say it's too much. But I'm already operating in the green, as as they asked, how are you doing? Are you in profitable right now? Right. So I'm already operating in the green. I shouldn't need future investment rounds. I just shouldn't. When we're scaling, we should still be in the green. You know what I mean? So, you know, I really shouldn't need any more investment rounds. You know what I mean? Well, and and something you said there that that really stands out to a lot of people don't understand is is you really 
technically didn't give up 30%. You gave up 15 and 15. Mark and Ke- you know Kevin are not married and don't yeah. co-own the the collective 30% of your shares. So, you know, it's and that and that means a lot when we're talking about power of voting power and things like that. Like they don't necessarily agree on everything and and that doesn't necessarily mean that you've you have screwed yourself. I mean, you could have given up 50% at, at that point, but that doesn't mean that Mark and Kevin are necessarily going to agree on everything that that votes you out of any decisions, you know? So I I think that that's um that you know, that's something that people don't really uh look into now. Now as far as the valuation, I am kind of curious as to how you uh you know, you got to the 500,000 for 5%, like what yeah. Like, how did you how did you get there? It was my last valuation. So um, last round on WeFunder, I raised five hundred thousand five percent of my company. Right. And I did it in three weeks. Right. So it was like the fastest run. It was easy. Right. And the the old saying goes with um, with crowdfunding is this. If it takes you three months, evaluation's fair. If you don't reach your goal by six months, you way overvalued yourself. And if you closed out early, you underbidded yourself. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what they always say when it comes to equity crowdfunding. Because you gotta you gotta have thousands of people agree with you. You know, <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's not like you're trying to convince one or two rich people. You gotta have thousands of people agree with you. So I, that was bef- so I was at a ten million dollar valuation. Before I finished BSP Comics app with 45 different titles, with um, ranked in the top 40 in the world, right? With um, you know, with all this licensed material and content in that platform. That's before I had my animation department actually knocking massive amount of content out for our anime. That's before I did 100,000 units in a year, right? It, within one year, right? It's like it's it's like. I was balling after after that last round. I was with a way different spot from when I had that last round versus when I was on the tank. And I still gave him the last round valuation. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll just keep it there. Yeah. So, so my question, so not um, for the entrepreneurs listening, right? And and because you said, well, you know, we hit five 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 percent uh for 50 for five hundred thousand dollars in uh, how many weeks was it three weeks you said three weeks how many years before you know led up to that the easy to raise five hundred thousand dollars just just for yeah like four people's. years so it's not it's not like it's an overnight it's not an overnight thing you know it's like yep. you got to build your 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 network you have to get and you have to train your fans you know your fans don't instantly become investors or or purchasers over you have to train them to do it. You have to teach them that they're left out. Like it has to be a lot of peer pressure going on too. Like people have to love the fact that they got their papers, right? And then you're like, man, I want to be happy too, right? It's like, it's like, it's like you know, it's a, it's a group thing. And the fact that um, WeFunder, which I love, uh, uh, allows every single investor to leave a testimony is freaking massive because you can literally, if you're like, I don't know if I should invest in this company. You can literally go through 2,400 reviews from investors. You know what I'm saying? And they all have a different reason. My son absolutely loves this. I taught this to my kids at at, at, at my middle school class. Uh, you know, uh, when I was growing up, 
uh, I, you said, you said all I had on TV was this, this, and this. I wish I had something like Black Sands when I was a kid, but I'll make sure that my grandson, right, has this. And I said, and, and you know, I have fans that read my content and they're like 65 years old. You know, it's like, it's absurd range of who's actually a consumer of Black Sands, you know, so. I, I, I love that. Uh, I, 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 I really, that is awesome um, to have, you know, to be able to bridge the gap between different generations and have them be like, I don't read other comics or I haven't read comics in like 30 years or 40 years when I was like a kid, you know, or I, the Sunday paper is my, you know, that's where I get my comics. It's like, I'm going to get in this thing that's like anime style and different than probably anything they've ever watched or probably experienced unless they were into that anime world themselves. Uh, that, I mean, that is, that is amazing. That, that is, that is, uh, that is, I mean, that's one of the biggest compliments I think you can get is, uh, not necessarily having to, um, you're reaching out, you're reaching outside of the niche that you're trying to reach the, the avatar that you're trying to, there's a term for it, avatar that you're trying to reach. Right. And that is, um, well, I mean, me, that, that's massive. Well, well for me, I, I, you know, I gotta be honest, you know, I'm not in the comic industry at all. I've, I've been, you know, like, um, I tried telling them, uh, like they had a lot more questions about like the business and the market and everything else. And I told them, I was like, I'm not in the comic industry. I hate comic book shops. I'll never sell books in comic book shops. Right. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm in the edutainment industry. I, I basically am the Gucci of black comic books. So my books are probably the most expensive on the market as far as like pound for pound. And yet I sell like 10 times more books than everybody else because I am making content that matters to the customer. And the customer is not a comic book fan. The customer is most likely just trying to educate someone else and at the same time, get a little bit of education themselves. Right. So the experience of Black Sands is very simple. If you're a kid, it's Naruto in ancient Egypt. Right teens they're like oh man this is basically an awesomest actor adventure i love this character i relate to him asar's awesome he's such a cool lead character and then adult they're like yo this is like uh game of thrones in ancient egypt without all the um you know the rated r content but it's still like it's like super political they're like yo this is a crazy war breaking out between manoa and sparta right i didn't expect that from a story for for teens to be this you know geopolitical in the middle east Right. And they start getting into it, too. But they're two different kind of fans. You know what I'm saying? Two different kind of consumers. Mm -hmm. Right. And the good thing is, because I'm making the purchaser a massive fan. Right. They check out for two hundred and eighty dollars on my store. Love it. I love it. And you know what? And that and I think that goes to show that under having a better understanding of what you're actually creating is is so powerful right and and because like sometimes sometimes we create these things and we don't necessarily know who it's going to really end up attracting we we target right we 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 do what's in our heart but we don't know exactly like who's going to be the ones that end up consuming it and sometimes it's our fans like you were saying the fans that we end up ev evangelizing to towards our mission right that that end up telling us what it is that we're actually creating and and kind of directing us like okay i need to go more into lean more into this way that way um and and maybe even put it on your you know uh like spin the 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 idea on its head as far as like 
oh, I'm not creating comics. I'm actually creating like history, you know, history books or like um, a friend of mine, Chris Eliopoulos does the uh, I am series. So uh, it's uh, he, he also did Xander on PBS, I think it's called. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's like th- like this this edu edutainment and i'm a big fan i grew up loving epcot so i'm a huge edutainment fan myself uh so i can definitely appreciate that and i and i'm glad that you pointed out that that's that that is what it is i i don't know that that came out came across as well on shark tank though i don't know if i yeah because they were interested in the show they were like the show is the show right <laughs> like they didn't care at all about books right <laughs> he even said why would i want a royalty i mean you only sell hundreds of thousands of books <laughs> right, like, you know, Small Kevin potatoes O'Leary, to some like, people, you know. You know, Kevin O'Leary's like, I'll take that deal. That one. I'm so glad that I'm here. I love royalties, right? Yep. <laughs> you know, and Mark's like, I don't want to hear any of that. The big deal is when we get licensing. He's right, though. I mean, I'm not going to say he's wrong, right? I'm not going to say that he's wrong. They were hyper focused on the big big billion dollar move but you know they're not the same researchers as me right so they're not as educated right you know i would hate to say it right but mark and kevin hart are not as educated as i am when it comes to the income uh uh model of this particular industry because if you look at naruto naruto is worth 15 billion dollars it's done 15 billion dollars in total sales over the entire course of its history, right? And 700 million, I mean, I mean, 7 billion of that has been prints. Hmm. Wow. So almost 50% has been prints. Mostly in Japan? Yeah, mostly in Japan and yeah, worldwide. I mean, because manga is a hit or miss here in the States. Yeah, but not, now it's like one of the most dominating things outside of comic book shops so if you go to barnes and noble manga's dominated oh, yeah right manga's dominated they're like oh i want to have a hot board to buy more manga than anything else in the store right because it's like going up like 40 percent every single year on year you know um uh, but but the idea is this though you know it is a massive chunk of the model of what makes money for any of the ips in japan right and it could be the same way over here if you're not a comic book shop guy so in other words, if I'm selling in Barnes and Noble and Walmart, my margins are incredible when I'm selling in those places. $20 book, sure, right? Go to a comic book shop and say $20 book, and they're like, oh, my goodness. You're going to chase away all my customers. What is wrong with you, right? <laughs> right? They, they have those ridiculously small margins, and they're spammable superheroes, like this 50 versions of the blue guy with the lightning, right? It's like It's like – it's like it's 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 just a different kind of culture and different like like their money is like very short there right mm-hmm. so 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 if you simply approach it from the idea that i'm going into the walmarts of the worlds the targets of the worlds right then you sell millions of copies you are going to make hundreds of millions of dollars and have exceptional amounts of actual green money it's not like you're sunk like oh man i don't know if if this is really helping me sell those, you're making great margins, even at wholesale. You know, I make $6 right now at wholesale. Imagine if I had to do 500,000 book print runs where I can get the cost down to like 80 cents per book or something like that. Imagine how freaking awesome the freaking profit margins would be. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. And to, you know, to your point earlier, when you talked about training the customer, that's the comic book stores industry's fault, right? They train the customer that it's these are cheap. They are, you know, and it should not be that. I mean, obviously the price has gone up over the years. You're not going in there to buy the the the, pe- the uh, dime comic books anymore, right? Or even the dollar ones. It's probably more like five, six dollars. But, but Black Panther is four ninety nine. Okay. Well, five dollars. Yeah, that's so there you Black go. Black Panther is four ninety nine. What is your book? Because they're gonna use that logic on you. They're gonna say Black Panther is the most popular. So why would I pay six dollars for yours? Right? Like, like, like this whole so many problems with that model mm. that makes you go. And people want that. Like people fight to for their entire lives to get into that. Man, if I could just get wide distribution in comic book shops, I say you do realize the people who work for Marvel who have royalty deals never get their royalties because they can't get past the amount of copies needed to sell in order to activate their royalties. I need to sell at least eighty thousand copies of this issue in order to start getting royalties on this issue. And comic book shops are like non-returnable comics of black people. And my store has 98% white customers. I'm buying three copies, maybe. They say it's non-returnable. So they can't guess on what on what's the popularity of this of this comic's gonna be. They have to be very, very, very careful on how many copies they sell. And they're just looking at their numbers. It's not that they're racist, they're just looking at their numbers, right? And they're saying, I only have like two black people that even come to the store. So hmm. Maybe three copies. It's like, and that's like, not going to help sell it, right? Like, right you know, there. I, I want to see you show up with, like, the big cardboard display with, like, 15, 20. I, mean, I don't know how thick your books are, but, you know, and I mean, like, you put 15, 20 copies out there on a, on a big display versus, like, yeah, we got three of them sitting on the shelf over there collecting dust because nobody even knows they're here because everybody's buying the Black Panthers for a dollar cheaper over there, you know? A dollar cheaper, right? For a dollar cheaper. <laughs> But, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I think that even that that logic, though, could flip. You know, you get to that point where you have that movie, you get that hit, right? And then you get the, you start getting the merch. Like but, the, would uh, I wanna do that? but would I want to do that? Or would I want to get a dedicated corner in every Target in the United States with my big ass display saying Black Sand with a character and the books in his hands, right? And still keep my margins. Well, you might find that they that those people start coming to you and saying, "Can you offer? Can we get a product that's here at you know?" At I mean, look, price? if they're willing to pay the if they're willing to pay the normal rates, right? Then absolutely, comic book shops can can distribute them just like everybody else, right? Uh, you know, but for me to like do a deal with Diamond or something like that, you know, I'd be like, you know, <laughs> like, no, like I'm understandable. Like, it, it 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 definitely makes sense, and I and I love your your logic of, and the confidence. And like, look, I'd rather I'm going for the big fish here, right? We're not. I'm not trying to play. You know, I'm going to go knock door to door to these comic book shops and like, okay, please, please, sir, I please take my book and, yeah. and buy three copies. It will be awesome. You will you will have them, and your you know your two black people that come in once a month will <laughs> maybe buy them, maybe. Yeah, maybe, right? It's not even guaranteed that they'll buy all the the black comic brands that come in there, right? So it's like it's just it's just too much hope, right? Uh, uh, what's it called? But I tell you this though, um, since Shark Tank, we've had uh, we've sold a minimum of five hundred books a day. So online, typically, typically we sell 
I would say, uh, oh, my bad. I'm totally off of my numbers. Wait, <laughs> let, me, let me see here. Let me see here. Sir, if you don't I'm, know your numbers, I'm out. I, I, I can't help it. <laughs> I'm totally off of my numbers. Um, so uh, 19 times 20, what is that? Let's say 20. Uh, like 400. 400, right? So yeah. 400 plus what's it called? Yeah, so, so roughly about minimum about 600 books a day uh you know um and you know you know on a regular day i would do about 200 right before shark tank right Um, that's i mean that's even even 200 is really impressive like having and uh, even if i was in the widest distribution in the best possible like like deal in diamond you know 200 books a day would be pretty much not happening no matter what it wouldn't happen on average right and and more importantly i would be making about if i was selling it directly right and not through a publisher i would be making maybe a dollar 20 per book instead of six to six dollars wholesale and uh 14 dollars if i'm selling it directly to consumers you know so 14 per book that's my that's my green my green zone right or six dollars if i'm in wholesale but if i was through diamond you know i'm looking at one dollar and 20 cents something like that if i was through a publisher 15 cents per book it would take literally like 80 80x probably like 80x 80 times more sales than what i currently do right to match the same amount of income that i get now you know this this story reminds me of of Macklemore, right? And how he he didn't go through the the big distributor, right? And he he was like, I'm I'm gonna do it, you know, myself. We're gonna pack up the van and and go do show after show after show after show after show, sell the CD, sell the merch, and and just bankroll the money, bankroll the fans, keep keep it going, keep it going, keep it going, and then until you just have this big breakthrough without having that super big distribution. Um, that is awesome if you, I mean, if you catch lightning in a bottle with the right story, with the right moment at the right, like everything has to be aligned for you to do that ADX. Like you just said, it's, it's not just like, oh, you got the deal. You got the, con- you got the advance, man. Well, come on, man. Like, yeah, cool. that's like, like no, no like you can pay that they, back. Like, no, they so happy. They're like, yes, I got to deal with dark horse. I made it. Right, and then they'd be like, hey, "I gotta go to Artist Alley so I can try to make some money real quick." They're like, "I am never going to a convention again." <laughs> right, like, like if I'm not getting paid a lot of money to show up to sign a couple of sheets and do a panel, I am never going to a convention again. You know, it's like it's like that's just the way it is. It's like it's not enough money um, to to be stuck somewhere for an entire day. Right, it's it just not. No matter what I what I make that day, I could have made it online, right? Without even trying to do anything, like without signing anything, without saying anything, without doing it, right? I could just, I'll just do it naturally. So it's like, and I'm talking about the biggest conventions in America. I still, it still wouldn't match a mm. typical day. So it's like, mm. you know, like like I always tell people, and this is before Shark Tank and everything. I always tell people, you know whatever you're doing you're trying to never do again and if you're not thinking that way then you're not really in this for as a career simple as that i started off in a kiosk i wanted to get to the point where i would never need a kiosk again 
I started on Kickstarter. I wanted to make sure that one day I would never need Kickstarter again. Right? <laughs> Went to conventions. I was like, one day I'm never going to a convention again. Right? It's like, it's like, it's like you just want to get to like you gotta you gotta work your way to the point where you don't need that thing that is necessary at that time. Like you at the beginning, you gotta do conventions. And sometimes it's gonna be the worst convention in the world, sometimes it's gonna be the best. Right, but you have to do them because you don't have infrastructure in place to make a lot of money, right? So it's unnecessary. So I just tell people like it's like a lot of people come into this thing and only focus on making a comic, and then they they don't know what to do anymore, right? They're like, hey, I'm just gonna make another. They don't know what the market, how to market, how to grow, how to scale, how to basically get to the point where you don't need to do whatever you were doing to survive prior, you know. So if you had one marketing tip for the entrepreneur out there or the artist, you know, art entrepreneur out there, creative entrepreneur out there. What's, what's that tip that could, that, that can help you not need that thing again. Right. That like, I don't need to go kickstart. I don't need this. I can, I moved on. I, I, I I leveled up. Okay. So um, I, I'm going to write a book about this one day, but it's the three deaths of indie publishing, right? The three deaths of indie publishing. So the first step is, you know, making a book, your first book, right? You'd be surprised how 95% of the people out there flounder on their first book. They just never make it, right? They either get writer's block or they try to rewrite the story halfway through it, or they <laughs> there's a million reasons why they don't finish, but they end up basically in writer's hell, and then they go and try to talk to me, right? Because I'm a publisher, and they say, hey, I got, like, 15 ideas man it's just ready to be made and i'm like you should have made one i'm just thinking in my head you should have made one so that's the first step getting past that that book finish it it might not be the best book in the world it might flop it might totally burn in a pit because it sucks but it's okay because you'll know what to do next time you know the third the third series is my hero academia first two crashed and burned Third one became one of the top five series in the world. So figure, so, so, so it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail, right? So, 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 but you have to at least finish the dang project first. So that's the first step, right? The, the death of, of basically never finishing what you started. The second death is velocity. Once you finish your book, you got to figure out how you're going to fund the creative process from now on. You got to figure out how to sell a thousand copies in six months. Right. You just got to have a metric that you're shooting for and knock that out in a very small amount of time. It can't be, oh, you know, I sold I sold 300 books in a year. But what's that going to do for you ever? Right. You're never going to get to the next stage. Right. And you're basically going to be trapped in whatever you're doing forever. You'll never get out of um, conventions. You'll never get out of uh, Kickstarters because you don't have any velocity to to move up in um in business right velocity dictates your price if you don't have high velocity and you only sell a thousand books a year you can't order more than 200 books right so the books are way more expensive right because hey you only got 200 books in the print run you're not going to get any discounts you're going to pay like four dollars for a comic book where i pay 35 cents right so 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 here we go we got issues right so velocity is the next one uh, the the third death of indie publishing is not that you have the velocity down, uh, controlling your cost. It's very important to know how much you need to 
how much you need to actually charge, how much it costs at landing, because you're gonna be doing large print runs, not buying way too much inventory that you can't sell, right? So we know what's going in debt too far. Um, and making sure that you have a way of acquiring customers and you know how much it's gonna cost you. You're saying, this is how much it's gonna cost me to, to acquire customers. This is how much each customer is worth, right? Because I always tell people, you'll never have a business in, in comic books if you're not at least getting a $30 average per customer. If you're not hitting at least that, on there's each no sale? thing as, huh? On each sale or each, on each, each sale, checkout? $30 okay. on average. $30. Because you can't do online advertising if you're not at a 30 point, $30 um, price point because it, it nowadays it's $20 per customer just to acquire them. Right. No matter what, you know, so you're looking at that. Right. And for me, it's eight, I'm 86. So I average $86 per customer. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, but the idea is just very simple. If you're not out over a certain you have to know all these numbers, depth of numbers. Right. If you don't know your numbers. Right. You're going to make a lot of decisions that's going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. You'll make like I made you'll be like one of those dudes on Shark Tank. I made $3 million this year. And they're like, oh, you're awesome. It's incredible. You're the best company ever. And they said, how much do you have? I'm negative $600,000 in the bank. And they're like, what happened? You're like, <laughs> oh, you're basically paying people to buy your products. You spent all your money on advertising and you ain't got no profit margin. Oh, but you know, if we do like $40 million, we'll break even. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like these are what we call just bad business models. Right, the Uber, the Uber model, right? Uh, let's just go as far as we can, and if people still believe in us, we'll eventually one day be so big that they can't not believe us anymore, even though we'll never be profitable. <laughs> yeah, well, Amazon too, right? They they intentionally never made a profit until three years ago, four years ago, <laughs> uh, you know, and then didn't pay taxes on said profit because they've you know, been negative for, for so long. I mean, I look, I am uh, all about the team, the offer and the process. Those are the three key things that I talk about. And, and in my book right here, sales won't save your business. I literally, that's one of the things I thought about is like controlling your overhead, controlling your costs and getting those down. Cause you don't profit doesn't necessarily mean you have to increase the price. Cause like the market's only going to bear so much. Yeah. Get your costs down. Go the opposite way, you know? And, and I think that gets overlooked so often, too often, you know, uh, in, in especially when you're, like, getting started and you're, like, I'm, 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 I'm just getting, like, I'm creating, you know, revenue, 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 revenue. And it's like you're creating a mess around you in the wake of, I got a big number. Hooray. Awesome. And it's like, Look, you got debt. You got a mess. You got all kinds of problems. Because me, I'm, like, I could easily do two million this year, right? But I didn't like how much ads were costing because Facebook was very volatile this year because the iOS changes. So some months I was like, man, I ain't spending more than $10,000 in ads this month because I don't like how this month is showing up. Right. And then some months I do like 40,000 in, in ad spend because my margins are right. Right. So it's like, it really depends on that. And I would have no problem with just backing off, not having some artificial number I have to hit every month. Because what's the point of selling, making a hundred thousand dollars in sales, and spending a hundred and ten thousand? You know what the what the hell was the point of that, right? I'd rather just spend ten thousand to make thirty thousand. At least I was twenty thousand in the green. You know what I mean? Like 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 sometimes you gotta make adjustments on the fly, right? And you know, hope that the ship 
fixes itself and then you can go and scale up again. Well, well I think that's why it's important to set goals, right? And and then adjust those goals as things are going because you can't plan like like a pandemic, you know, I don't know, the illness, right, affecting the world. You can't plan uh god forbid a terrorist attack that that captures the world and takes attention away. You can't plan for uh, you know something else to grab the the global consciousness and 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 hold it and and you you know it's like how much more money do i have to keep pouring in to get that message across for people to say yes i will i will buy yes i'm i'm in like let's do this and um and that's and you know or even inflation for that matter right now you know the the 10 year challenge is like 20 dollars is is dollars you know 10 years later so um no i i think that is phenomenal advice and i'm so glad that you're going to write a book about all that because i it very much needs to be heard and i can totally understand why mr wonderful is is slash was your favorite shark uh to to uh but like if you said if you said all your numbers were correct and you had a sound business it didn't matter if he understood your market or not he was like, I'm just going to make a couple calls and I'm going to make you a lot of money because is that you know what you're doing. I'm just going to make some calls. We're going to get a royalty deal done. Right. Some people don't understand if you got great margins. Like I would have loved to give a 25 cents per unit. Like to me, that's like great to me because 25 cents per unit. I have six dollar margin on wholesale. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like I can give that quarter away and just have Mr. Wonderful call everybody. He's going to be like, I'm making $5 million calls. I'm okay, <laughs> right? Like, this is a $5 million call to me. I'm good, right? It's like, Every time I call, I make $5 million. I'm happy. And meanwhile, I made like $60 million. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like you know, I, don't, I like the incentive of, of doing that, right? They didn't bite, though. The main mm-hmm. show, the ones I got didn't bite. But the idea was I would have been perfectly fine with, you know, immediate returns for them right if they scaled us up out of control you know what i mean yeah i mean i, I mean the royalty deal can can definitely uh make sense it's funny uh that you mentioned the you know anything for a royalty because uh i just i just reacted to the so watch if you remember the the negative ion watch Oh, the one where they said it was like a scam or something like that. He, you well, Mark Cuban was like, "Yeah, I'm allergic to scams." <laughs> I don't actually. I don't even think that one has gone live yet. I'm looking at my, yeah, that that one hasn't gone live. I think it goes live to Monday or Tuesday or something like that. But but yeah, it's um. But you know, Kevin comes through and he's like, "I could be one with the negative ion if I'm making money." You know, even though Damon's like. I literally make those watches. Like you did not invent, you did not design those watches. I will send you a case. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, so he's always, oh, you know, he he is very much money driven. But I'll tell you, if you watch uh, his his YouTube channel, you know, shout out to Kevin O'Leary's YouTube channel. Like he does care more about. Th- there's more things he cares about than just money, and and to a yeah, certain extent, that is I, a character. You know. I'm just saying though, like like you got to understand this, right? I don't know who's gonna be there. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm. Well, you know, you know Kevin's going to be there. There's only yeah, like so one episode that he has. <laughs> yeah. So, so but what, what I'm thinking is that, you know, like if I had to go to the most basic group, right? And a lot of times Damon isn't there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times where Damon isn't there. I might potentially be going against a uh, five straight up white investors, right? 
as a black history before slavery company, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking, if there's a deal, it's with Kevin, right? I was like, because the numbers are there, right? And he don't, he won't, he doesn't need to understand the market. He's gonna be like, this is it. This is a great sound company. We gotta play, right? So this, this is this was my logic behind why I liked him so much. Is a simple fact that I've seen him terrorize people who are great people. Right. And I've seen him, you know, boost the heck out of people who are great people. So long as their business was sound. Right. If their business was sound, he would make you seem like you are a hero. Greatest thing ever. One of the things we have to lift up. Right. But he would destroy you if you were, had a bad business. He didn't mind saying it. Like, please never do this business again. He would tell you that everybody else would be like, you just keep trying. Kevin was like, this is going to bankrupt you. Just kill it start a new venture, do something else, you know? And I like that attitude because I had to kill my own books at times. You know what I'm saying? I had to kill, I had to kill books that just weren't selling. You know, I'm like, already, I spent three months doing it, right? I'm committed. It's dead. Move on. Well, I, I always say failures uh, aren't failures, they're lessons, right? And there's a lot to learn even from books that don't sell. What didn't work? You know, what what didn't resonate with the people that I'm selling it to and, and so on and so forth. So I, I'm... I call know, it attrition. Uh, yeah, well, they... I call they, it attrition. <laughs> you got to get to the next next stop. Sometimes you got to cut some things. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I, I did have a question. So, so I don't think it came up and i apologize if it did i i it's been a hell of a day for me uh i i haven't had a chance to watch the the i wanted usually i watch the the pitch over again before i do the interviews um did you how long have you been a writer like how um, long have you been in the right like has this always been like, like cause I, i've always had writing since i was a kid like i remember like, like six, six seven years, years old six, six years, years. Like that, yeah Oh, wow. So this wasn't like a thing that you, as a kid, you were like, I, I love writing and, and. No, I was a huge avid video game player. Right. So I probably wrote a whole bunch of stories for video games. Like, yeah, I'll make an RPG one day. Right. You know, but never actually did. Black Sands was supposed to be my RPG. I failed miserably. um, trying to make it because it was just so expensive. I said, wow, video games are expensive. Right. So after like $20,000, I was like, let me make this into a comic book. And then that worked. wow twenty thousand dollars wow wow man that's uh man but you look you never know what's it again that's not that's not failure that's just the next step right we we learn from where we're at and we move on to the next thing the fan base doing it so that was to get out my instagram grew a lot because of that development of that video game so love it fans did exist right i just couldn't afford it and i was like wow expensive right. it is what's what's some of your favorite video games uh, gr- growing up i don't know about that i don't remember anything back then but um nowadays right i'm a big um strategy game person that's why i knew anno right oh, okay and i knew you know i love the endless universe endless space right i just love the endless universe in general uh warhammer i'm a big warhammer guy i just love the lore of warhammer so anything they make is pretty dope um and you know, you know Stellaris. Right? I'm just a big, I'm, a, I'm just a big um, strategy game guy. I also like uh, RPGs, right? Um, not so much open world. I kind of like structured RPGs, right? Like so which, I, which, I, are, I, which, which RPGs get you going? Huh? Uh, which which, RP, which RPGs get you going? 
Uh, I would say um, recently I've been in The Witcher. You know, like I, I used to hate The Witcher for some reason. Maybe because I maybe because I had a shitty computer. Uh, that would <laughs> right? probably now do it. An amazing computer. I'm like, oh, this game's actually good, right? It's like, you know, it's like it's like it's a big difference in Witcher experience if your computer is not up to date, right? So, hundred percent. So that's one. Um, I do play League of Legends a lot. I used to play um, MMOs like crazy, right? Back when they were good, you know. And nowadays, everybody's trying to be open world action mmo like stop it right oh but no, we are targeting like old school target like old school you'd be surprised that it's not that bad right you know like like, like maybe do some physics right like i think they need to focus more like for me i think they need to focus more on the physics of targeted you know gameplay right as opposed to you know the idea that you shouldn't have targeting and then have a whole bunch of abilities right that do a whole bunch of different things because like almost every game nowadays like every character has five freaking moves oh but you know it's oh you don't have to target anything and it's based on skill and aiming and you're like this is a boring it's like i want to have like a very complicated fight i want to be able to say if i miss this kick on this boss 25 people are dead right it's like, it's like, it's like and i have to kite this guy with evasion while doing a jump over fires Right, because because that's what the 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 programmers said I had to do today, right? And it's like it's like it's like it's crazy, but you know, to me, it's like you know, you know, it's kind of dumbing down. They say it's more complicated, but it's not. It's like it's more of a dumbing down process, and then everybody starts becoming clones. You know, everybody all MMOs seem exactly the same now. Five buttons, right? Five abilities open world, you know, non-targeted game. So I have some thoughts on that. As a, as a person who grew up playing Ultima Online and EverQuest uh, and eventually Guild Wars for what the MMO that is, uh, I, would, I would put that in air quotes personally because it's not really an MMO. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, as a person who mostly loves first-person shooters, uh, the dumbing down of the of the games is has been frustrating over the years. Uh, you know, started to me. It started with like Halo, and like, ooh, you got a shield, and the shield goes back up, and you gain, you get your health back, and it's like, but you didn't get a health kit. You didn't, you didn't have to do like, wait, wait a second. Like, how did we go from like not impossible to play, but just like a lot more skill based to a lot more lenient? Now, with that said, I love Call of Duty. It's it's a guilty pleasure, but it's not my favorite of all time. You know. Uh, I mean, if I had to pick one, it would be like Quake 3. But when it comes to RPGs, uh, other than like EverQuest, I mean, I, I loved Final Fantasy VI. Like, I, in fact, I had to play, because, of the, because of the illness, I got to play it with my kids on the couch. And they fell, my, my, my six-year-old, my five-year-old fell in love with it. She absolutely adores the music, the story. And I got to redo her the whole thing, which was, you know, so cool. And then we played through Chrono Trigger, uh, another, you know, SNES, SNES game. So... Uh, so I have a, I have a, a soft place in my heart for for RPGs, even though I'm more of a first person shooter and love the fact that my kids are like into Minecraft and and Quake and, and now we play Quake Three together. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the the dumbing down of the games is it it it's been a thing. I mean, I always kind of saw it as like the console effect, 
you know, like yeah. we make it for the consoles because you're using a controller, you can't aim as well. You know, that's what I'm thinking too. Anymore. I think everybody wants to eventually get to consoles, so they make a game that's like that's PC, but it feels like it probably was supposed to be on an iPhone or something. You're like, like why there's so little amount of buttons and so many so small amount of things? Give me my lean we're, keys. We're way off topic. We are way off topic. <laughs> We're so deep into this interview, it doesn't even it doesn't even matter at this point. It's not like we're starting the interview like this. Uh, so, okay. So before before we wrap up here, because I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time tonight to, to be here. Uh, is there any final thoughts you'd like to share, and then share how people can uh, reach out to you or, or get the books? And yeah, sure. So um, you can always go to blacksands.com if you want to buy our books. Black Sands Entertainment on almost all platforms. That's how you follow me. Uh, I've been really big on LinkedIn lately, so mm. follow me on LinkedIn, Manuel Godoy, CEO of Black Sands, right? And uh, if you're planning on investing with us, we will have investment opportunities in the future. I know I said I won't need an investment round for my main company anymore, right? But that doesn't mean that projects won't be crowdfunded, mostly because I just like the idea of, of fan ownership, right? Even if it's a small percentage of you know a 30 million dollar budget right and you like like 1 million or 2 million was funded by fans the idea is that our community is still a part of the creative process and still a part and have stake in the game for the success of the platform win or lose right i say there's no guarantees we might fail miserably you might lose this money forever right but the idea is that you're riding with us one way or the other right and i think if, i think it drives more loyalty from everyone that follows you to see a couple of people actually win, right? The action takers be like, man, this, my investment's doing phenomenal, right? And then everybody else who didn't invest yet, right? Or never had the opportunity or maybe just knew, right? They're like, I can't wait to be a part of that next big thing, right? This is the idea of training the customer, right? Train the customer. So we're definitely not gonna stop uh, giving opportunities to our fans, period. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. I, you know, yeah. Anything you can do to evangelize the customer, get them, get skin in the game is the most important thing that you, you know, I see, uh, because then they, they, they don't talk about it. Like it's yours. They talk about like, it's all it there. Yeah, <laughs> well, ours, theirs, you know, as a collective. Right. And that, and that it just goes so far now. Now you, I'm glad you brought up people wanting to get in because, like, the, I haven't even brought up the reaction video because right now it is sitting as the one, two, three, four, five, sixth most popular. Actually, no, it's actually sitting as the fourth most popular video on my channel. And I don't know if you've read the comments, but there are so many people in the comments that have said, "I when can I invest? When can I get in? Like when?" When, you know, I wish I didn't miss out. So, I mean, it's, it's the FOMO is real. Uh, and then, and of course, you know, there's the effect of like, you know, those same people might have been people that have been like, eh, yeah, that's cool. But like, eh, will it really work out? I don't know. And then, oh, they're all Shark Tank with Kevin Hart and Mark here. What? Uh, oh, I, I, you know, I knew all along. It's going to be great. But with that being said, yesterday's price (laughs) (laughs) that's all i'm saying i always gotta let people know up front and say oh well rice goes up that's just the way it is you know 
Yes. Yes. No, a hundred and ten percent, a hundred and ten percent. And, uh, and, and, you know, and it becomes that much more valuable. Like, and that, that's one of the things maybe I can get your take on this. Like I get this in the comments every once in a while about people saying like, Oh, this was a down round and, and uh, you know, how terrible. And, and it's, it's going to be a nightmare for them to ever raise money again. But to me, the whole point of being a chart tank is to ultimately get a deal to increase sales, to increase velocity, yeah, and, so and, that you're not at a down round. It's not really a down round because you're going to be valued way higher not long yeah, after. And it's not really, but but with that being said, um, the ink isn't dry yet. So, well, and that's and that's nobody knows look. the real terms yet. So, so you know, just stay there, stay stay tuned, right? But I'll give you a great example. Um, you know. I'm sure when Chase gets a freaking endorsement deal with freaking Kevin Hart, right? And they're like, hey, promote my new credit card or whatever. And we want to use that commercial for the next year or so, right? Just one year, right? Just one year. I'm sure you have to pay him well over three or $4 million for that, right? So Kevin Hart's personally endorsing you and you can use it in perpetuity. How much value is that? I, I mean, immense. I mean, like, it is immense. Do you understand? Like, how much real world value is that? And that may, and then then you start understanding that you can use certain logics or certain language in the contracts to make it seem like it's a lot more than what was given on the show. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he just simply says, "I'm going to give you this service as well." And you say that service is valued at this according to how much he normally gets paid for, right? Like it's like the real it's a real receipt, but next to that, right? Then you can easily say, so millions of dollars was exchanged. You know what I'm saying? There's there's many ways to play this. So, you know, all I say is until the ink is dry, you don't know whether it was a down round or not. Right? Yeah. That, no, when, you that's get, a- when you get that cap table, then you'll know. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I mean that, and and look, and a lot of people that watch the show might not even realize a lot of deals end up never getting you know through. Yeah, uh, I think Mister Wonderful is like the highest percentage of of deals that fall apart, um, and and that, and that can happen for any number of reasons. And I actually, if you know, get subscribed. I don't usually ask people to subscribe, but get subscribed because I do. Bef- later this year, have somebody that was on the show way back in like season one, season two, who their deal didn't end up going through, and it was like many many months later and it kind of it kind of screwed things up for that person so you know it it it, it does happen and it, it happens much more often than people might think for mm-hmm. whatever the reason i mean literally the wind could change um you know uh, Which is why i don't talk about the deals i'll be like i don't talk about the deals i don't speculate on the deals i don't act like you know kevin hart and mark cuban are working with me right now not even going to even slightly you know, act like that's a reality, right? I'm just going to simply wait until the process is done. And then once the ink is settled, I'll, I'll explain in detail what I did, right, for my investors. Because as you saw on the show, I had very big concerns for my investors. You know? Yeah, and as you should, because you're taking money from people in, in exchange for your well, their their well being, you know, being out looking out for their well being as well, yeah. um, and and yeah, no, that that is a hundred and ten percent 
that you know uh oh, i was gonna say valuable but that's not the word i was thinking <laughs> that, that valid valid is the word all right sorry it's getting late i've been up since 3 30 uh i know so, i gotta get on live too i gotta get on live too i gotta get on instagram and uh try to push people to my linkedin um youtube i mean linkedin like live event i have one on saturday it's gonna be awesome oh that's awesome yeah well we'll have to connect up on linkedin but in the meantime uh, go check out Bland, Black Sands uh, Entertainment over at Black, it was BlackSands.com, right? Yeah, BlackSands.com. We got a ridiculous amount of books. so <laughs> we, got, we got all the books. And uh, you know what? The last thing I want to point out is, you know, you, you said you got to – basically, you got to keep grinding, right? It doesn't – just because you get the deal doesn't mean you get to sit and rest on your laurels, right? <laughs> Kevin Hart and Mark Cuban aren't going to want to see that. If, they, if, it, if this thing takes six months to do and you're just like – Okay, cool. I'm just chilling. Like we're gonna wait this deal. My business like, shut down, right? I'm yeah, then they're gonna be like, uh, I, "Is this really the deal for me?" Is this? Really... I have become I have become a full time uh, publicist for myself. <laughs> like I'm just emailing people, contacting them. Hey, would you like to talk about this? Add them on LinkedIn. Going to you know, I am hunting people down to cover this because to me, you gotta have you gotta have a snowball effect. You can't just go on Shark Tank and then never be in another major publication or show for like a month. If you do that, you failed. You got within a month, you got to have another big giant win. You know what I'm saying? And you just got to have that. So the smaller people constantly cover you, right? Right? Uh, because they see you again, you know, and, and then you have another big win, right? Because somebody else said, oh, two people big people covered them so now we got to cover them yeah. right and, and just you got to stay in the, the media i understand why people do all these you know right while rappers do stupid stuff every now and then just to get back in the news right it's like it's like they know that if you're out too long you're out forever <laughs> yep. Well, that's like Guns N' Roses used to trash the hotel room, and there was a reason for that. You can go read. Uh, a friend of mine was the one. Uh, a friend of mine is good for like really close friends with one of their managers, and he would in, like they wouldn't like it was an intentional thing to, so that they could have something written about them, yep. so that we just keep the news cycle going. Raise you know? hell just to just to just to keep the attention. You know, start yeah. an argument, a fake argument. I'm sick of this. That's why I don't want to work with y'all anymore. I'm quitting the group. What they quitting the group? Yeah, you know, we made it. We made it up, man. We made it up. We're good. You know? the, real quick, I'm just curious. How did you find out about the video? Did you Google it? Did somebody tell you? Were all your people? You like, know, like I said, full time publicist right now. I'm literally looking every day to see who wrote about us, what wrote about us, right? And I think yours. Uh, actually, in one of my forum groups, um, they were like, "This is like the only place where you see like an HD version of the pitch without Hulu, right?" So. So, you know, they all were linking your stuff so people could watch it, right? And, and, and that's how I found about it, too, because I was like, oh, okay, this guy's writing about me and stuff like that or, or whatever, you know? And I saw that it kept trending. Seems like everything with Black Sands has been trending for, like, the last week, right? Because we even got mentioned on The Breakfast Club. For some reason, they decided to do a second one. And I was like, what? You know? <laughs> They didn't reach out for comment? Like, what the heck? <laughs> like, we could talk well, about it. It was like, you know, Kevin Hart was on uh, Shark Tank the other day and, you know, made a deal with, um, you know, Black Sands. And then, like, I said, like, this is how it went. And, like this. and then afterwards, they were like, they, like, read my entire resume. They were like, they were like Black Sands does this, 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 this. And then, and then uh, you know, uh, uh, Charlamagne's like, oh, yeah, Black Sands. And you know what else? You know, they already had a fan base. 
Yeah, they already had a fan base. It was a great company, man. Black Sands. Black Sands. You, you know, you say, yeah, Black Sands Entertainment. And I was like, I was like, how the hell did that happen? Right? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like they did not have to do that, right? Like, it's like, it's like, because they didn't even mention the other company they invested in, right? So I'm like, you know, like, 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 like it means something to a lot of people. Our company's like, I guess, mission, right? That, 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 that it's just something more newsworthy than most, right? So I don't know. Plus, plus ABC themselves are like, is this entrepreneur crazy for countering? <laughs> right? And that trended, right? You know, like, you know, so everybody kept linking that video. Is this guy crazy? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's why. Well, the hard sell thing was not about you. It was about Kevin because it felt like Kevin was doing the hard selling to get like. And now that you're telling me, I make food. Did you did you not see? Have you not been to a theater in the last ten years? Like, I make movies. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, he does make movies. I can't. They're not small, right? I was like, I was like, I was like, you know, I, you know. If somebody goes that hard, and I was just thinking that when I when, when the deal was being made, I wanted to make sure to understand. It's like, if somebody goes that hard publicly, there's no way they could edit all of this out. So, so there's going to be a lot of commitments on television, right? And if our deal goes through and everything else, they're going to be haunting him forever. Like, so how's Black Sands doing, right? It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, 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 all those things. Like, they, they just keep asking him. So how's Black Sands doing? No, 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 right? They won't let it rest, right? So, so that's always a great thing because at the end of the day, right, his reputation is now tied to whether Black Sands is successful or not, right? It's like his brand. It's like, it's like his 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 bad boys in there, and that's great because you know I'm not going to interfere. Well, uh, you know we're going to make this play. We're going to make this play. We're going to try to keep it authentic and everything else, right? And I hope that I am the best investment he's ever made in his life. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like to the point where it's like, wow, right? Like, like 50% of his net worth came from Black Sands, right? You know, like, like this is absurd. This is an absurd thing like that. And I hope that that, that that happens in the future because at the end of the day, I want them to be way, way, way more engaged, him and Mark, with my company than they normally would be with any other person they did deals with in the past, right? Just because they keep getting real wins, right? It's not like they're doing it because I'm a cool company. They're doing it because every time they do something and every time we do something or I do something myself, it's a big win for them. And they're like, this guy, we got to keep doing stuff, right? Uh, you, you know what I mean? Well, there was, there was going, I mean, I hate to keep dragging this out, but there was one thing that stood out to me and I, and I, and I apologize if it wasn't in your pitch. Cause I, I, I'm like 98% sure it was, I think Kevin even said like, I want to invest this, not because I'm black, not because it's a black thing, but because I think he it's genuinely that. cool. Yeah. I, I, was, I was pretty sure I remember him saying that. And that's a, that's a powerful, st- I mean, that stood out to me is like, he didn't have to say that. Yeah, I mean, he especially, let, you know, since more, especially since he already saw t- two other uh, 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 people who are black that he didn't invest in and never even said anything like that. But he started yeah. before he even asked the co- a question, right? It wasn't like he was before the offer. He said, I'm not even doing this because I'm black, right? It was like on the before he even asked a simple question, he was like, Look, I, I'm not even gonna, you know, I'm not even doing this because I'm black. I'm just trying to figure out, right? Uh, like he just started, like, like he was already in the second we were done with our pitch. 
he was in. At this point, unless I messed up somehow, he was in. Right. Or didn't have the numbers to back it up or, you know, and then that's a, always a fatal thing, you know, like you, like you were saying earlier about, you know, I oh, did, we did a million dollars. Well, how much did you spend? Well, you know, things happened and well, we're going to get the, we're going to make the money. You know, don't worry. It's a in debt. You're like, I need, yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> cool. So, like that's not so for me. me. I will never say that, you know, like, like, like everything was guaranteed or anything like that. I'm simply saying that there's a lot of excitement in the room. Right, uh, Kevin that's Hart. You. Really? That's you, man. That's all the hard work that you put into it. Thank you, thank you. And it's like, you know, Kevin Hart was very excited, and I hope to God that I make it easy for him. You know, because at the end of the day, that's my job. It's always been my job. Make it easy for everybody else to yeah. ride that wave and go crazy for me. Right? It's like. I'm not just assuming that you're going to be like Black Sands is the greatest of all time, better than Black Panther. I got to make it super easy for you to go to back me up. Right. It's like, it's like, so, you know, I hope it make it really easy for him to wear it on his chest that he's a Black Sands guy. Right. You know, uh, because one day they might have a giant TikTok war on Black Sands versus Hollywood. Do you stand with Black Sands or Hollywood? Right, <laughs> right, like, you know, like that little um, the 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 current um, council versus rogue <laughs> beef on TikTok. <laughs> well, you know what? Speaking of that, I I I just talked to Candy earlier today, meetcandy.com, dot com, mm-hmm. uh, and they they uh, they they brought up. I forgot about the Sony versus um, Kevin Hart thing that happened. You know where they will, you know, Sony was mad that, that they wanted to charge him for uh, using their his social media, or Kevin wanted to charge Sony for using his social media, and that was uh, I I forgot I had forgotten about that, and that you know, then there was the leak from Sony, and that's where all the emails came from. So uh, you know, Kevin, you know, so I mean, right there, he he's no stranger to like standing his ground, and rightfully so. Because uh, Sony didn't make him. Sony wasn't grinding through the, the through, you know, through the drudgery of doing, you know, driving back and forth from Philly to New York, you know, four times a week or whatever, and and doing the not the, not even doing comedy shows, just literally sitting there while listening, you know. So, uh, you know, you have a guy that that that's lived that and knows uh, knows what it takes. Yeah, that's what that's what I hope everything is is for this is just simple fact that. He's done the grind and he really appreciates ownership. Yeah. Right? A lot of actors don't appreciate ownership. They live 100% off the next movie. He builds infrastructure. He's an infrastructure guy. right? He's like, I got to have the whole model for how I do a comedy tour internalized. I can't yeah. just, I can't have call, hey, can you set up this tour? No. Right? He calls his office and says, hey, we're going here. Get it done. And they get it done, you know. So he believes so much in uh, internalized, uh, you know, models, right? And keeping the overwhelming majority of profits that come from from his work and his influence. So I truly believe that you know our radically independent ideas, right, will resonate with him. You yeah. know, in the long term. You know, a hundred percent, Manuel, Superman. Well, I appreciate you being here. 
And uh, thank you, thank you so much. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed this video. It, it went way longer than probably all I think any of my other ones, <laughs> any of my other interviews. But it, I think it was totally worth it. There were some amazing nuggets of information here to help you go be a super entrepreneur yourself. I will see you all in the next video. It's going to be like here somewhere. And uh, take care. Go be super.